You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 36. In part one of this series, I told you sort of a long story about my experience with deep canvassing because I wanted you to start thinking about the stories that you could tell and the breadcrumbs you can leave for the people in your life. And we need to be thinking about this now because we can inform people and rattle off facts all day long, but that won't necessarily change their mind or their vote. We have to empower them to change it themselves, and that can take days, weeks, months, or even years. And time is ticking to the 2022 midterms, and before we know it, people will be campaigning for the presidential election in 2024. So what are the topics and issues that are most important to you? Which ones do you feel the most passionate about? What stories can you tell from your own life that people might connect with to start paying attention and caring about that issue? This, I think, is the conversation that we all need to be having with ourselves right now so that we know how we can personally make the biggest impact. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. Okay, so let's just assume that you have totally bought in to what I'm saying and you are like, yep, Danny, sign me up. I am ready to deep canvas the shiznit out of some people. Great. So where should you start? This is just my humble opinion and what has worked for me as far as putting a plan together, but I hope that it is at least helpful or a helpful place for you to start. So my first suggestion here is to pick one issue. Recognize that you do not need to be an expert on every single topic. You don't need to be well-versed in women's rights and racial equality and Second Amendment rights, climate change, immigration. It is perfectly fine to choose one issue that you feel passionately about and only canvas your audience and community on that one topic. There are so many people who are single-issue voters, so many, especially when we see people voting for conservative candidates. How often do you hear people or see comments like, you know, I don't really like Trump, but I would never have an abortion or I don't like Trump, but you're not taking away my guns, <laughs> right? If you can help someone change their opinion on a single issue, you can very well change their vote. So to decide on what issue you should focus on, I really like this exercise. So imagine that you need to stand up in front of your five closest friends right now and talk for five minutes unprepared about one social issue. Which topic do you currently feel the most confident talking about? So just take a moment and think about that. Like right now on the spot, stand up. You have to talk for five minutes unprepared. What would you talk about? That is the issue that I think you should start with. Not only because you already have a great base knowledge or understanding of the issue, but because of the fact that you have already researched and learned about it, which shows that it's something you're actually passionate about, which it'll make it just so much easier for you to continue learning about it and continue advocating for it. Remember that you don't have to choose a topic that is a hot button issue either, like abortion or racial equality or even something that is a national issue. You can pick something that's a little bit less polarizing, like raising the minimum wage, which is supported by the vast majority of Americans, or things that are also just kind of neutral, like data privacy and net neutrality. 
You can also consider a local issue, so something local to your state or your city, such as school funding or establishing a new park, and then just focus on those local issues on elections and changing the opinions of people in your immediate area. Once you have picked your key issue, you are ready for the next step, which is knowing that it is okay to be wrong and knowing that it is okay to not have the answer for every single question. I think that so many of us hesitate to speak up or speak out because we fear being wrong. But once you lean into the fact that you're going to be wrong and those will be opportunities for you to grow, being wrong becomes something that you can look forward to rather than something you fear. And a really big part of this is getting comfortable with saying, I was wrong, changing your opinion or perspective, and doing better. And it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get. I don't think any of us are naturally comfortable being wrong and getting called out. But the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes. And you have to start shifting your mindset to see those as opportunities for growth rather than something that should be like shameful. Once you've got that, it is then time to start creating the journey that you want to take people on as you try to shift their mindset. Chances are that you didn't always support your chosen issue either. So try to think back to the beginning to when you were first introduced to it and think about what stories or images or experiences helped you change your way of thinking. Then go out there and share those things with your audience and community and don't overlook your own story. As a society, we tend to frame changing our mind as hypocritical, especially when it comes to political issues. So give people permission to change their mind by telling them how or why you changed yours. Telling people, you know, that you used to be a climate change denier and now you vote for the environment can be powerful. It gives them that permission to also have been wrong but do better. Knowing that you once stood where they stand can really help them feel welcome to shift their thinking without being labeled as a hypocrite. Okay, so let's repeat those things just really quickly so they're fresh in your mind. The first step is to pick your key topic, so something that you feel comfortable talking about and passionate about continuing to learn and advocate on. The second step is knowing that it is okay to be wrong and shifting your mindset to see being wrong as a growth opportunity. And then last, it is creating that journey that you want to take people on. So reflecting back on your own experience and identifying the stories and experiences that helped you shift your perspective. And then to move on, I just want to end with two quick points when it comes to having these hard conversations with people. My first piece of advice here is to always know that you are speaking to the audience. And by that, I mean that although you might strike up a conversation about LGBTQ plus rights on your uncle's homophobic post, you don't need to focus on just changing your uncle's way of thinking. In fact, it's fine if that is not your goal at all. And this is often how I operate. I often comment on people's posts and I'm really not talking to them at all. I don't even care if they read it. When you engage on that post, I want you to think of two other people instead. First, think of any gay or otherwise marginalized person who might see that post, see your uncle's post, and be reading your comment. Your comment lets them know that this homophobic content is not going unchecked, and that's important. Second, think of anyone else lurking on his post and reading your exchange or comment. That person might not be as stubborn in their thinking as your uncle, and they might be 10 or 20 steps closer to full-on voting in support of LGBTQ plus rights. So while it might take 100 or more exchanges and arguments to shift your uncle's thinking, and he 
might not ever get there at all, that person lurking in his comment section might only need to hear one more personal story to change the way they vote. So think about the fact that you are speaking to the audience. The second thing I want you to remember is that not every post needs a comment section. Okay, so feel free to post things and turn off commenting. But also, not every comment deserves a response. It is perfectly fine to respond to someone with a simple no, or I do not agree with you, or this is inaccurate. It's also fine to leave their comments completely unresponded to. You get to choose where you direct your energy, so don't feel like you need to engage in a 50 comment back and forth if you don't have the energy for it. It's not required. So just remember, protect your energy. And sometimes you aren't speaking to the offender. You are speaking to the audience. And that's where the power of this modern, deep canvassing really lies. Because every conversation we have can have an audience. And sometimes that audience is 10 people. And sometimes it's 1,000 people. And sometimes it's a million people. We can really plant these seeds and leave these digital breadcrumbs for the masses. And although the change may feel slow, as my friend Elle said to me recently, these cracks are where the light eventually shines in. And although these steps might feel really simple, (laughs) that's sort of the beauty of this. It's about taking people on this journey and letting them do the work or decide where it leads. Do they change their mind or an opinion or don't they? You've done the part, you've done the work, and provided them with the information and resources, and the ball is, like, in their court now, so to speak. Let's end with one more personal story, because I've already told you that stories are how we empower people to change their mind. And when I first started speaking out more politically about five or six years ago, it could feel really lonely. I often felt like I was being ganged up on or even ostracized by people I loved and respected, Um, people in my life who I thought would be there to support me and like my comments and leave comments of their own. Never have. (laughs) And sometimes it wasn't easy. But over the past year or two, I have seen how those seeds that I planted years ago, how those digital breadcrumbs I left for people along the way could be harvested. Sometimes I would go to bed at night with an active argument happening on one of my posts, and I would wake up in the morning to this little army of people in my comments section who were having these hard conversations with people on my behalf who were sharing their own life experiences and stories in order to give them perspective. So while you might feel alone when you first get started with this type of deep canvassing work, I just want to reassure you that when your day comes to harvest the seeds you are planting, it is so rewarding and fulfilling, and you feel anything but alone. As you may know, I did quite a bit of work campaigning for Joe Biden in 2020. In the months leading up to the election, I created a private Facebook group, and more than a thousand of you joined me there to complete a training program and learn how to canvas. Now that the election is over, I'm using that group to kind of help refocus and teach people these deep canvassing methods and to share information and resources that you can use when you're having these conversations. So the group is called Unite and Build, and it's on Facebook, and I will put a link to it in today's show notes if you are interested in joining us over there. And then just one final point that I want to make before we wrap this up is this. It's really important to understand the difference between people who have conservative viewpoints and people who have fallen into conspiracy theories and cults. Shifting someone's opinion on police brutality or gay marriage is different than trying to undo five or ten years of indoctrination into QAnon 
or Trumpism. And I think you understand the difference between people who might have voted for Trump and people who are talking to you about um, the stolen 2020 election and Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Those are signs of them being very entrenched into Russian disinformation and right-wing propaganda. And unfortunately, most of those people actually need professional help. Like they literally need professional deprogramming or exit counseling, it's called, and they need an expert to do that. So try to understand the difference and protect your energy and don't exhaust yourself on attempting to deep canvas those people. During the election, I would, and still, I occasionally get into debates with people like this. And my response often is something to the tune of, you know, I hope that you are able to get the help that you need. And although I think that sometimes came across as condescending or even pandering, I was being as sincere as I could. You know, I could go back and forth arguing with them all day long and it wouldn't change their mind. The only hope for them is that someone cares and loves them enough to invest the time and, quite frankly, the money into that professional exit counseling. So if you know someone like this and you'd like resources for getting them help, I'll put some information in today's show notes. So again, just protect your energy. Know the difference between conservative viewpoints and the indoctrination of like right-wing extremism. It's different and it's not worth your energy. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me for this two-part episode. I know it was a bit longer and maybe a bit heavier (laughs) than my shows normally are, but I so appreciate you being here. My friend Elle... Dowd, who I spoke about throughout today's episode, recently published a book about her experience on the ground in Ferguson and her transformation from Midwestern moderate to abolitionist. The book is called Baptized in Tear Gas, and it's available for pre-order now. All proceeds from her book go directly to Black activists, political prisoners, liberation organizations, community bail funds, and families who have lost loved ones to state violence. I have a full review of her book on my website. I absolutely loved it, and I'll put links to that and where you can pre-order it in today's show notes. Elle had such a huge impact on my life, has such a huge impact, always will, I hope, and I think that I'll always feel indebted to her. So plugging her book at the end of this podcast episode, an episode that wouldn't even exist without her and her work, feels somewhat mandatory. And I mean, just imagine it. You could go out there and be someone's eld out. You could have people who feel this loyal and in awe of you simply by giving them the information and resources they need to become better people. I hope that these two episodes inspire you to get out there and do just that. And that is it for this week. As always, you can find today's show notes over at planpodcast.com. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. And in the meantime, we can continue this conversation over on Instagram. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.